Hi, everybody. Welcome to Sotastic Podcast. Today, we have with us a very special guest. Her name is Adrija Anbuchelian, and she's joining us from Atlanta, Georgia. Adrija has just a very interesting perspective of a student that's gotten her business journey started early. Uh, I'd love to have her talk about what she's gone through, how she went through uh, selecting that, but also just some about her passions and hobbies that's helping shape how she's a very special individual, guys. So please help me welcome Adrija. Adrija, how are you? Hi there. I'm doing so well. Thank you so much for having me. This is such an awesome experience. So just to give a little introduction to myself. Hi, guys. Uh, my name is Adrija, and I'm a senior at South Forsyth High School. Currently, I work for my county's therapeutic recreation program, where we conduct many different types of camps and activities for kids with special needs. Mm. I would definitely say that the past couple of years uh, working here has really shown me what my passion is, and that's definitely working with kids with intellectual disabilities. And I hope to continue my interests and passions in college. I have committed to the Georgia Institute of Technology, where I'll be furthering my education with a major in psychology and a minor in business administration. Mm -hmm. Giving just a little bit more background to the business perspective of things. I have always been drawn to the world of business and marketing. I just think that taking a product and being able to brand it and make it into something amazing that people have accessibility to is it's a very important skill. And luckily, it's a skill that I find very fun as well. My hobbies and passions, I have a five-year-old, soon-to-be six-year-old golden retriever. His name is Toby. He is the joy of my life. We all love to spend so much time with him. And I also have a younger sister. And together, we own our own baking business uh, where oh. we sell baked goods like cookies and cupcakes to friends and obviously like family friends. And that's just a little bit about me. You know, when I, when I first started talking with you, I mean, just some of the things that you have started doing at an earlier age, it just amazes me. But why don't we do this? You mentioned business management studies. Can you help me understand that a little bit? What made you get into it? And like what age, how early did you start thinking towards it? As soon as I came into high school, I knew that I definitely wanted to supplement my major with some type of minor in business. I was told by my mom from a very young age that regardless of what field you decide to go into, having business knowledge will help you no matter what. At the mm -hmm. end of the day, if what I want to do in psychology doesn't work out for me, then at least I'll have the knowledge of how to navigate the world in, from a business angle and be able to start something on my own. And I think so many of the people that I look up to, like Bill Gates and you know Steve Jobs, they have such wonderful technical knowledge, but they were not able to get to the level that they are right now without the business perspective, which is mm. why I hold business to such a high standard. And I think that regardless of what type of course that you want to take your professional life in, supplementing that with some type of business degree is mm. essential. It's interesting to hear you say that because look at any CEO, any high performing CEO in a company, you will see that 99% of them are not technically savvy. Where the leadership excels is they've made sure that they've excelled in leadership skills, people skills, and communication skills. And in general, business tends to teach you a lot of that, right? So I'm, I'm glad you got started on that journey. Can you help me understand your parents' background? Do they come from a business background? Do you have a lot of extended family that come from a business background? 
Both of them are in informational technology. That's their professions. My mom is actually a senior business analyst for Delta Airlines. Mm -hmm. And my dad works for Ernst & Young. They've always told me that book smarts and what you gain academically can only take you so far in life. Mm -hmm. After that, it's how you decide to brand yourself. Kind of like what you were saying about being people savvy, uh, knowing how to brand yourself, leadership skills. All of those things actually take you to the next level. Not a lot of people uh, working in big, big industries have that technical knowledge, but they're very good at marketing themselves, branding, whatever they're passionate about. And I feel like that's what takes them to the next level. And especially for young kids, I think that's very, very important for them to understand. For me, I was always pushed by my parents very positively to go for what I wanted. It was never, I know the typical stereotype, especially in an Asian community is, you know, you have to do what makes you the most money. And mm -hmm. mostly it's always going into some computer science field, medicine right. or law. But with my parents, I was very lucky and very fortunate for them to tell me to keep an open mind. And they mm -hmm. truly allowed me to follow my passion. Okay. And when I first entered high school, I thought I wanted to be a teacher. I took the teaching as a profession pathway at my school okay. for one year absolutely hated it. It just was not for me. And that's when I switched over to business and I've continued with business as my choice of elective. And I've loved it. I've loved the classes, the teachers. Um, I'm very fond of my business teacher. Me and her have connected so well over the past three years that I've taken it. So yeah, that's kind of where my foundations in business started. And I definitely mm. do think that starting at a young age has allowed me to come across such amazing opportunities, even like being on this podcast, you know, I've gotten so many different opportunities through the business and marketing outlets that okay. I've connected with. And these are all the building bridges and the steps that will lead me on to even bigger opportunities. Help me understand a little bit about how does age and being literate about finances or business at an earlier age work towards your benefit? So I'm a firm believer of whatever habits and goals you set at a young age, they will follow through with you as you continue in life. So it's very hard if you aren't being financially literate and then you hit 18 years old when you're finally out of the house going to college and you have to be taking care of things on your own. Mom and dad aren't gonna be there to help you. They're not gonna be there to hold your hands and guide you through everything. And I think that's a very big jump. It's like just throwing you into open water when you've you know been under the comfort of your parents. So I think having some knowledge at a young age definitely helps just because when you are pushed to an environment that is new and where you have to navigate life and take on life head first on your own, mm. it's not as much of a change. And I would say that the biggest part of financial literacy in my case is definitely knowing to spend and save according to how much ever I'm making. Mm. I think it's very easy to kind of rely on your parents knowing that, oh, like, if I need anything, mom and dad will help me take care of it. I, I'm very safety guilty net. of, exactly. They're, they are they are your safety nets, right? Mm. And that safety net will not exist all throughout your life. 
So for me, I think it's all about making good goals mm -hmm. and being able to hold myself accountable to those goals. Uh, and I can give you an example of kind of how I've been able to do that. Sure. So with my job, every time that there's a deposit made into my account, I always put everything into my savings account and I'll only keep $50 at a time in my checking account. Wow. And so limiting myself in that way has really helped me because I know my limit in my checking account to save is $50. Mm -hmm. So it's either like, you know, keep it there or from savings, it's going to be taken out from savings. Mm -hmm. And I think just keeping that goal for me has really helped. And it's also helped me kind of evaluate, like, what do I really need right now? And what can I save and buy at a better time? You know, mm, okay. and I think making those goals makes you more aware of your financial status and makes you more aware of what you have to do to get to a better status as well. Let me stay on that topic just for a quick minute. You mentioned having that discipline for yourself, right? I'm sure you have peers that are spending a lot of money on, you know, uh, just a lot of luxurious things, uh, maybe going out uh, to eat a lot, maybe going to movies a lot, maybe just, you know, buying expensive things for themselves. How do you make sure that that doesn't negatively influence you? That's a very good question. You know, especially as a high school student, I think it's very easy to be kind of swayed into, you know, what your friends are doing. You want to have fun. You want to have a good time. I totally understand where that question comes from. I think it's just a personal satisfaction type of thing. I'm also extremely type A. Once I set my mind to something, it's really hard for me to take my mind off of it. And it's kind of, I kind of go through a period of self-reflection where I'm like, okay, um, let's say all of my friends are going to the movies, right? If I do decide to go to the movies and spend money on that, yes, I will have a great time and I there will be some type of payoff. But then at the end of the, of the day, if that's not within my budget or within my price range and I have been spending so much money consecutively, I will always carry that guilt with me. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's just easier to pass off the opportunity rather than be there but feel the guilt of it. But another thing that I will say is I absolutely do believe in treating yourself, you know, mm -hmm. everyone works hard, you know, and if it's your money and you're working hard to spend it, of course you should treat yourself. Right. And mm -hmm. I've been pretty good about doing that as well. Um, yeah. I have a trip coming up with my friends. Uh, we're going to New York for our senior trip. And throughout all of that, my parents were the ones who were like, you go, we will pay for you because this is your senior trip. But throughout every, every reservation that we've booked and stuff, I've been the one paying it. And so I'm doing that for my personal enjoyment. So I've been able to spend, but then I've also doubled the amount of hours that I work mm -hmm. so that I don't see that huge discrepancy in my checking account. Good stuff. So please talk about, you know, some of your passions and hobbies about uh, the business that you're currently doing with your sister. You know, how old is she? How would you guys get started? So help me understand that aspect. Definitely. Okay. So I guess I'll just start with the business that my sister and I have started. It is very small, still in the works. We've just recently launched it. It's called Cookies and Confections. And my sister and I, whenever we need that break from reality, our safety net has always been baking. That's mm -hmm. always just something that we both have loved and enjoyed to do together. And actually, before I wanted to be a teacher, I wanted to have my own baking business, you know, <laughs> young girl dreams. Um, and so my sister started, you know, just baking for fun. I think she is in 
seventh grade right now. And slowly she started like making these cookies and cupcakes and they tasted amazing. So I would just take pictures and put them on my social media and be like, you know, if you guys need any cookies or desserts, you know, hit us up and stuff like that. And of course it's very affordable. And I think for the amount of effort and time that she puts into it, that's, that's really the highlight right there. She is such a perfectionist as well. And we go out to get ingredients and she wants to get the best of the best quality and make sure that everything is sanitary and, and stuff. And she really, really takes pride in what she does, which is awesome. And my sister is nationally ranked in tennis as well. So she has that going for her. And so through her tennis friends and her tennis community is actually where we started getting our inflow of business. Okay. And so we started selling cookies mainly. And she hopped on Canva, made an entire menu. And I distributed the menu to all of my friends and her network and my network. And then actually her, one of her tennis coaches, he owns his own meal prepping company. Mm. And so we were able to kind of partner with him. And he said, give me a sample of these five cookies. Mm. And my team and I, we're going to taste them. And if we like them, we're going to add them to the menu of the meal prep company. Mm. And I think that was definitely a big breakthrough moment for her. I think it's, especially at such a young age, being able to make connections like that. She's doing even better than I was doing at her age, which I'm, I'm so proud of her for being mm. able to do that. And so we worked very hard to bake those cupcakes for the meal prep company. They sent a video back reviewing the cookies and how much they loved them. And he did warn us. He was like, you know, if we add this to the menu, you guys are going to be packed, right? Because he's very successful in his company and stuff. And I mm. think hearing that, it was very exciting, but very daunting at the same time for her. Mm. You know, she mm. is still in seventh grade in school, has a very rigorous extracurricular schedule as well. Yeah, that's kind of the confection cookies that business that we started just right in our kitchen. Wow. Okay. Can you help me understand a little bit more about your passions uh, towards uh, special needs kids, how you got started there and what you've been able to achieve in that field. Definitely. So my aunt's son, my cousin, he suffers from autism and he actually was born completely normal. And unfortunately he had a bad reaction to vaccines that he was getting as a child. And he developed a high amount of lead content in his uh, blood, which ended up having huge neurological implications for him. And that one problem slowly snowballed into the next and the next. And mm. soon he became completely nonverbal and throughout I guess his whole depreciation, I think I was able to find light in him because I was that one person who was his scapegoat. And I think we both connected even more after that. I started seeing a newfound patience in me and a newfound compassion. And I think mm -hmm. that was one of the initial moments where I knew that I had the power to connect with kids with special needs. And so fast forward to, I'd say about eighth grade, my counselor uh, at school, my guidance counselor, actually, she approached me and she was like, hey, we're trying to look for general ed kids who would be willing to go and volunteer and help out in the special needs classroom for one period at school. Would you be interested in interviewing? 
And at the time I was like, oh my gosh, yes. Why wouldn't I, you know, I have my cousin who I'm very fond of, very close with. I have that experience. And I think mm. it would, it was just a new opportunity for me. Mm. And so I interviewed and I got through the interview stage and I started my first day in one of our higher functioning autism classrooms at my middle school. And I think that was really the catalyst for my involvement with the, this population. I loved every moment of it, being able to just be in the classrooms and being there really just slowed everything down for me. It slowed down my life. It made me really understand what life is really about. We all live in such a fast-paced society where competition and being busy and productive and I feel like we really lose sight of what life is all about mm -hmm. and when we enter that classroom and you see these kids who are 13 14 years old and for them a big achievement is when they can hold a pencil still without their hand shaking mm -hmm. or when they can cut mm -hmm. through a piece of paper mm -hmm. without dropping the scissors on the table it's those little moments for them that are highly highly celebrated and I think that's is what's so addictive about doing the job that I do. It's that sense of satisfaction and knowing that your help that you're giving the child is really able to make them progress and seeing that progress as well. It's happening in front of your eyes. At the beginning of the year, there's this one kid I remember and he literally, his hand would not stop shaking as he's holding a pencil. He simply does not have the strength in his hands to keep the, to contain the pencil in his hand. And by the end of the year, here he is like finally writing his name down. And I know looking at it from an outsider's perspective, it might just seem like, oh, he's just writing his name. What's so big about that? But for him, it's a mile stone and just seeing that progress is so so captivating and I loved my peer facilitation experience in middle school and I knew that I wanted to continue it sometime in high school mm -hmm. and so as soon as I entered the high school that I'm in I immediately got in contact with the special needs coordinator at our school and I was like hey I did peer facilitation in eighth grade I love it. I want to come back. When can I have that opportunity in high school? In 11th grade, I went, submitted my application, completed the interview, and I was actually placed in the same classroom of kids that I had taught in middle school. So the okay. journey just kind of came full circle for me. Those same kids that I saw who were sixth and seventh grades, now I was seeing them in high school as ninth and 10th graders. And to me, that was so, so remarkable. And from there on out, as soon as I joined peer facilitation in okay. 11th grade, my network just exploded. And I got to do so many fun things with these kids. We would take them out on volunteering experiences, community service. Our main goal with them is to try to get them as much exposure to the real world as possible, just because there are such limited opportunities for them because of their intellectual disability. Okay. And so moving on to more of my experiences, towards the end of my 11th grade year, the teacher who I was helping in her classroom, she approached me and was like, hey, you're looking for a job, right? I I just got an email from someone in the county who is looking for high school students to be able to come and help over a summer camp 
uh, that they're hosting. So would you be interested? And I was like, of course, please send me the details. I would love to set, set something up. And I set up my interview and passed the interview and attended my first day working for the Forsyth County Therapeutic Recreation Program. Okay. And my first day working there, so we did a summer camp and it was an eight week long summer camp. And I worked 40 hours a week. So from eight to four, uh, Monday through Friday, I worked for eight weeks. And I will be very honest, it was one of the most exhausting things that I have done in my life, just because okay. that was the first professional working opportunity that I had gotten, but easily the best two months of my life. I would have not traded the entire experience for anything else. Hmm. The amount of kids that I had I had gotten to know and the various types of kids that I'd gotten to know as well. This program supports kids from the age of five to 21. Hmm. And so uh, through my experiences at school, I had only gotten to know middle school and up kids. Hmm. So this opportunity kind of gave me experience with like early childhood aged kids. So from preschool to elementary school. And these kids have, I got to know about a various different types of disabilities, Down syndrome, autism, ADHD, cerebral palsy, um, muscular dystrophy, so many different types of kids. And they kind of threw me in head first a little bit into the water. And I definitely wasn't used to it. They were saying, okay, so if this kid has a seizure, this is exactly what you do. And in my mind, I'm panicking. I'm like, oh my gosh, these kids hmm. can have seizures. My life, their life is in my hands. What am I supposed to do? Like I myself, I'm only 16 at this time, 16, 17 at this time. Mm -hmm. And I, I felt like it was a lot of pressure and responsibility because these kids aren't able to vocalize when something is wrong. That's, okay. and that's exactly why we're there, right? To help them, to give them that extra guidance. So whatever it is looking after a general kid that already has so much at stake, multiply that times 10 is what okay. I'm doing with these kids. And but of course, I was there with people who had done this before and returning uh, co-workers. And I was, I was guided and facilitated throughout this whole experience. And I only came out stronger and I only came out more knowledgeable. And so that opportunity working there was literally a segue for all the different things that I do now. I have an internship with a pediatric therapy clinic called Building Bridges. It's okay. just 10 minutes away from my house and they do a bunch of different services in occupational speech and physical therapy. And the most interesting part about all of this is the kids that I worked with at the camp actually attend therapy at this clinic as well. So oh, wow. everything okay. just kind of comes full circle and I have an increased sense of familiarity with these kids because I worked with them literally all summer long. And so, yeah, that's kind of my experience with the special needs kids. And all of this has really facilitated my interest. I want to go into psychiatry and I hope to one day own my own psychiatric clinic. Okay. And I want to specialize in working with kids with intellectual disabilities. And then now I can kind of talk about how my business and marketing experience kind of adds on to that. Sure. Um, so obviously, if my end goal is to open my own clinic, I'm essentially an entrepreneur, so I need the business and entrepreneurship skills that will allow me to 
start my own place, hire people to work under me, manage the clinic, do all the finances. And so I am actually the lead marketing director for a nonprofit organization called MetroHacks. And MetroHacks' purpose is to empower women in STEM to address gender disparities that go on in STEM-related fields. I'm a huge advocate for increased uh, empowerment among the female population. I do think that we don't get the recognition that is deserved and there's still a long, long way to go to be able to provide opportunities for girls in general. And I think working with this organization has put me on a great path in order to achieve that. And even if it isn't a huge, huge effort, it's the small steps that kind of will lead to that eventual huge Mm -hmm. effort. And so I've been able to use my business and marketing skills that I've learned throughout completing the pathway at my school. We do a lot of social media marketing. I've been able to partner with amazing organizations. Uh, We build sponsorships with big IT companies such as Microsoft and Verizon and Target. Mm -hmm. And all of this has just been able to make me network even more. We have gotten our competition on news articles by NRI Pulse and Cambridge Day. Cambridge Day is a huge news company in Massachusetts, and it's truly been an awesome opportunity. This year, we are relaunching our competition, our all-virtual girls competition called Empower. It's spelled E-M-P-O-W-H-E-R, so Mm. Empower Her, keeping Mm. within the all-girls initiative. Mm. And it's a completely virtual competition that we started due to COVID. I think being away from everyone, we had to still continue our efforts in a way that was accessible uh, and relevant for the time. And so we wanted to create something that was all virtual and giving these girls an opportunity to network and connect with people from all over the globe. Last year was our first year starting and we were so happy with how it went. We had over 250 participants with almost 100 mentors Mm. and again, gaining sponsorships from companies like Ernst & Young and Microsoft and Target, which was so, so amazing. Wow. And another great thing that we do is we provide scholarships for these okay. girls. Okay. So not only giving them the opportunity to compete and use the skills that they have now, but also giving them incentive to want to further their higher education in college. And so uh, last year, our top three uh, winners were awarded scholarships. Our third place winners were awarded $1,000. Second place was awarded $3,000. And third place was awarded $5,000. And I think it was such a successful journey. And now we're relaunching the second season of Empower. And everything is still definitely in the works for that. So that I would say that directing Empower, as well as all the things that I do with my sister, really have helped me with gaining a lot more business and marketing experience. Can you help me understand people that have influenced you in your journey? I would say my parents are probably my number one supporters. They have been with me throughout my entire journey. I have always been there to support me, even through those tough times when I do feel burnt out or I I feel so stressed out. I'm just like, I don't want to do this anymore. Everyone goes through those phases. Uh, Mm -hmm. No matter how productive I'm speaking about this right now, I have my days as well, you know? And I think in those times, it's really great for me to lean back on my family for support. They kind of, I think with all high schoolers, once you get to high school and you're in such a competitive academic environment, you start to lose sight of what is really, really important. 
and your parents and your family kind of act as the anchor to kind of guide you back when you're kind of losing sight of things and getting into getting trapped in your own world and your own mind. My parents have definitely influenced me. I would say more than my parents. I think my sister influences me the most. She is the most hardworking person I know. She is had just turned 13 in February and she has a very, very rigorous tennis schedule. She leaves for tennis straight from school at around 4.15 and does not come back until 8.30, Monday through Thursday. And after that, she basically has no time to do her homework. So she'll go right to bed and she'll be the first one awake at five in the morning, completing whatever homework she has to do or whatever mm-hmm. test she has to study for. And she has taught me so much about staying disciplined and age is just a number, you know, it, it really, really is. I think that some of the most influential people to me are those who are younger than me and those who show me that even though they're only in middle school, they have their stuff together more than some high schoolers do that mm. I know of. Mm. Um, so I would say my sister is a huge, huge influence for me. Professionally speaking, I would say my biggest influences are the teachers who have really, really helped me and who have made me able to network to new people. So uh, Mr. Robinson, he is one of the teachers that I went and assistant taught at my high school in the mm. special needs classroom. He was the one who let me know of the opportunity with the county And he was the one who told me that this sounds like a great opportunity for you. Here's the information. And it's those teachers who really believed in me and believed in my capabilities and qualities. I'm definitely one of those people where sometimes I definitely do lack the self-confidence needed. And I, I, I think it's, that's everyone, right? Of course, if you believe more in the people around you than yourself sometimes because you're naturally going to have some hesitations and some anxiety Mm. he and the people around me do give me the confidence that I need and the reassurance that I need to to know that yes you can do this you are capable of this your qualities are amazing and you are cut out for this and I think that motivation is really what continues to make me strive forward to achieving even better things good stuff okay so I know you're pursuing a lot of things, but help me understand some of the continuous learning that you're doing. Have you read any books or listened to specific podcasts or YouTube channels, things that uh, you'd recommend for others? I would say that the best way to learn and to continue to grow is by talking to people. I think networking is so important mm-hmm. and sometimes it doesn't gain the recognition that it needs to. It can be something as simple as going and having a conversation with a teacher or an administrator, and it will just open up a whole new path of opportunities. Networking, I would say, is is the biggest way that I've been able to learn. And for me, more than gaining experiences through reading or listening to podcasts, it's by actually being there in person and learning from my own mistakes. I'm definitely a more tactile and hands-on learner. So... I don't think that I would be the worker that I am today or the student that I am today without actually being in school and putting myself in uncomfortable situations where I've had to learn from those around me and things that have happened to myself. So get involved, you know, within your community. I think especially with COVID, we've all been confined to our own homes and very secluded. I think it's very important that we all come together, you know, and learn from each other Mm. and try new things that you otherwise don't think that you would have tried. I think that is the biggest thing is to be able to take risks and allow yourself to feel a little uncomfortable and put yourself in an environment where that you maybe wouldn't have put yourself in the past. 
you never know what kind of opportunities will get thrown at you and you might actually end up enjoying it and wanting mm. to pursue it. Like I said before, before wanting to go and pursue psychiatry, I thought I wanted to be a teacher. And at the time, none of my friends were like, they were all like, what? You want to be a teacher? Like, why would you want to be a teacher? I still went and did it. And did I get a, did I want to be a teacher after that? No, but I think that that experience was very, very important for me because more than understanding what I did want, it made me understand what I didn't want. And mm. I think that helps mm. me zone in more on what I actually did want to pursue. And don't get me wrong, the experience of, you know, taking the teaching as a profession class was a great experience. Mm. I just knew that professionally for me, it didn't make the most sense. Mm. Mm. Um, okay. And that helped, that just took me in the right direction for wanting to pursue work with special needs kids. And it eventually brought me on the path that I am today. From the beginning, I didn't start off on the path that I am now. It okay. took me having to put myself in an uncomfortable and new environment for me to get to where I am at right now. So in terms of learning and growing, my that would be my best advice. Wow. Thank you. Others. You've been a, a, just a treasure trove of knowledge. I appreciate uh, you sharing your time. Uh, a lot of the tips that you shared, I'm sure will definitely be useful to kids that are wanting to pursue bigger and better things in college and beyond. Definitely. Thank you, Thank you so much for having me. And Sotastic is an amazing, amazing organization. I think the resources, I was very, very impressed to see all the resources on the website. I actually completed uh, some of the lessons and lesson plans, which was awesome. I think all the kids who have access to it, it's really a blessing. And I wish I would have known about it when I was younger, because if I was able to do all of what I do now without it, imagine what I could have done with Sotastic in my life earlier. So I think all the kids and parents who have access to it do need to take advantage of it because it's a great platform to further your business and financial knowledge for the future. Wow. Thank, well, thank you. I appreciate that testimonial. Thank, thanks, Adesha. Right. appreciate the time. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. The ideas, techniques, approaches, information, and opinions expressed in this video or podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Sotastic LLC and its employees. While the primary purpose is to educate and inform, it does not constitute professional advice or services. We hope, however, that the content presented here will assist you in developing a strong, financial understanding and mindset. You may not edit, modify, copy, or redistribute this video or podcast with any other website, computer, or playing device. Use of this video or podcast constitutes acceptance of these terms. All content of this video or podcast is subject to copyright international law. No private or public means or blog or website can repost or reproduce or modify and post its content without the written consent of Sotastic LLC.